Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. Uh, My name's Emily Snyder. Uh, My MacBook went flying during worship, and I'm on the preaching team here at the Vineyard. It's great to welcome you here. Uh, You know how I can tell that the Lord is with us? Sometimes on a Sunday morning, it's when everybody is super chatty. Did you guys notice, like, this morning people came in and everybody was just talking, right? It was just really sweet, and I thought to myself, uh, this Sunday's going to be really special. So uh, hopefully I don't do anything to ruin that. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, We are actually uh, coming up on the tail end of a series we've been in in the book of John, where we're looking at the I am statements of Jesus. So seven times in the book of John, Jesus says, I am the bread of life, or I am the light of the world. And I think this has been a really sweet series for a couple reasons. Number one uh, is because I know that in a room this size and with the number of people here and just the different like uh, backgrounds that we all have and like the places that we come from, there's probably people here who are here, but you're like, I'm not sure if I'm on board with this whole Jesus thing yet. Um, and what, what a beautiful way uh, to learn more about what we do here in this building than to have, you know, people stand up here week after week and say, hey, uh, do you want to know what God is like? Well, Jesus in the book of John says, I am this or I am that. But uh, today, in addition to to that, um, as I was preparing this week, I really felt like there was a word here, an encouragement here for people in the room who have been walking with the Lord for a really long time. So if you're not a seeker, if you are all in, if you've been doing this for decades, and if maybe you've started to kind of take stock and look around at your life and think, I need some refreshing, or I I just need some new vision or new direction, or if you've been thinking, where has this gotten me, this whole walking with Jesus thing? I really think that there is some grace in the room for that this morning as well. So, all right. That was under my recap notes. Now we're going to move into the intro. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to assume that each and every one of you have had an experience in which you've had to say goodbye to a person or a place or a thing, a noun, if you will. (laughs) Um, And that goodbye, yeah, there we go. We're awake. Uh, And that goodbye was really difficult. Show of hands. Who has ever had to make a difficult goodbye? Great. I'm not, I'm not the only one. Okay. Uh, goodbyes can often be sad. I'm thinking of one really exciting goodbye, though, uh, on August 29th, 2022, when the kids go back to school at Taylor County. That's not a sad one. However, uh, if you're sitting in the room this morning and maybe in August your firstborn or secondborn or thirdborn is going to go away to college, that's a sad one, okay? That's the sad one. Um, 
goodbyes are hard. They're difficult. They're often sad. They do something to us. They make us feel, right, the emotions. Uh, just this week, uh, my family moved from one house into another house. And if you've asked me this week, how's it going? You might expect me to be like, it's great. The house is amazing. But I don't feel that way. I feel sad. And I knew that I would feel sad. Um, but now that I'm feeling the actual sadness, I don't like it. Right? I'm unsure of what we have done. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's an element of separation, right? When you're saying a goodbye, it's the separating from the person that you love or the thing that you love or the place that you love that causes the grief. It's the not being able to be with that noun anymore, right? That causes us to feel all of the emotions. So you might be wondering, why are we starting out on such a bummer note this morning, Emily? Now I'm just going to be thinking about sad things all day. Well, I want us to be able to tap into that emotion, okay? Uh, because this morning we're going to be looking at uh, where Jesus declares himself to be the way, the truth, and the life. And when he is doing that, he's in the middle of the Last Supper with his friends right before he is headed uh, to be killed. And this is his way of saying goodbye. So I want us to be able to tap into those emotions this morning. Um, this is one of the most straightforward I am statements. He's not telling a parable He's not using metaphor. Uh, there is not a large crowd around trying to figure out what Jesus is doing. He is just having a genuine heart-to-heart -heart conversation with his friends. So let's pull up uh, John 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. I love Thomas. No, we don't, Lord. <laughs> Thomas, the same person who, after the resurrection, said, I'm not going to believe unless I can touch his wounds. He says here very plainly, no, we don't, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Valid question. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. Small question. <laughs> Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. I really love verse 11. 
Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. All right, so that's where we're going to be camping out today. Um, Upon first reading, what really strikes me most about this conversation between Jesus and his disciples is how tender it is. Earlier in John chapter 13, it says that Jesus realized his time on earth was drawing uh, to a close and he had grown to love his disciples during his ministry. So he was determined to love them on through to the very end. If we take our own human experience of goodbye, right, that we talked about earlier today, and we apply it here, we know that Jesus loved his disciples. We can begin to pick up on the emotions in this passage. Uh, That first line, don't let your hearts be troubled. Well, obviously, the room was not a happy, cheery place, right? Or Jesus wouldn't have had occasion to say that. Uh, I imagine there were probably tears shed at that table. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I imagine that during this uh, conversation, there were expressions of frustration or hopelessness, Um, not just that their friend Jesus was going away somewhere, but they had given up their entire lives to follow him wherever he went, through cities and countryside and storms and overseas, right? And, And now he's saying, I'm going somewhere and you can't come. That would devastate me, coming from a friend, you know? And into that sadness, into that confusion, and all the other emotions that come with saying goodbye, Jesus injects a shot of hope when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So our central question this morning, I'm going to use a big church word, and I'm going to use it a lot, and I may stumble over it and say it wrong, okay? (laughs) But here's the, the central question for us this morning. Is this... I am the way, the truth, and life. Is this Jesus making um, like a long-range eschatological statement? There's the word, okay? And eschatology or eschatological statement basically just means like what happens when we die individually or, you know, corporately when the end comes, right? Uh, Is he making some long-ranging end-timesy type statement or could it be something more? Uh, I grew up in church, Okay, and here's what church people really like to do when you're a kid. They like to have you memorize Bible verses and then they give you candy. Okay, Uh, so this was I see some kids going. Yep, that's right. We do that. We do that here. I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. This was one of my candy verses. Right. Um, I've always grown up in Jesus is the way, the truth and life. Nobody comes to the father except through him. Uh, But here's often what is missed sometimes is we uh, don't give kids like the context um, for that. So. It was up to me as a child to kind of like piece together the context behind this passage. Um, and I could do that in Sunday school, right? Because that's how I grew up. Uh, or, heaven forbid, listen to a message on a Sunday morning, which I did not enjoy doing when I was a child. But here's what I pieced together. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life so that when I die someday, I go to heaven. Now, don't get nervous. I'm not about to stand up here and say, that's wrong, okay? (laughs) That's not where we're going with this. 
Don't, don't get nervous. Um, but I am asking, is there more to what Jesus was saying? And the answer, I believe, is yes. So um, let's start with this. Where does Jesus say he's going? To his father's house. The only other time Jesus refers to his father's house is in John 2, when he is in the temple and there's people uh, hawking their wares, right? And he clears them out and says, get, you know, get these people out of my father's house. The temple here on earth represents where the supernatural and the natural meet, right? It is where the very presence of God was at that time. So we know that Jesus isn't telling his disciples he's headed to the temple because they could have gone with him, right? <laughs> they had done that before. Uh, he's not telling them that, but rather he is talking about going back into the presence of the Father. So it's natural for us to interpret this passage uh, as a very long range, what happens when we die type of passage. It's very natural. Uh, but to only do that I think uh, misses an opportunity uh, to become more like Jesus and to see the kingdom now here on earth. So God did not reveal himself by staying in heaven and shouting down, hello down there, right? This is the true voice. Follow this voice in this direction and you will find me. That is not how God chose to reveal himself. He chose to reveal himself by coming here through Jesus. The way to the Father came to us. Uh, truth is available now. Eternal life is happening right now. Notice in verse 1, it starts with trust. And by verse 11, it's bookended by belief. Uh, part of the Christian experience, right, is to trust that in the end, when we die or when the second coming happens, that there is a good God in heaven waiting for us. That is good and right to do. Uh, that is a central tenet right, of, of what we believe. Um, but I love that Jesus says in verse 11, particularly, because it's also, I think, an example of how he understood our human experience as well. In the same breath, Jesus says, believe that I and the Father are one. Or if, you, if that's too much for you to digest, and it kind of is, at least believe based on the works that you saw me do. I think what Jesus is saying here has major implications for the way that we live our lives here on earth. Uh, because it's the works that Jesus did, healing the sick, caring for the poor, casting out devils, that leads us into belief. Uh, and these are even the works that we are called to continue doing. Trusting that Jesus is the way, truth, and life for the future is just part of the equation. Uh, trusting that these things Jesus did are the way, truth, and life now uh, means we really should take becoming more and more like Jesus quite seriously. We are not wasting our lives by following 
that path. And that's a word for the old timers in the room, not the old people, okay? But for those of us who have been following Jesus for more than a minute, we are not wasting anything by following his way. Okay. You guys are going to have to go with me here for just a minute. Okay. <laughs> so you can, uh, you can know how to get to a destination, right? Uh, without knowing the methods that you should utilize to get there. Now I have some examples, but I need to give a little caveat first. Um, I was like, typing this message up earlier this week and then last night I went to go read it and earlier this week I was like these examples are great uh and then last night I was reading it and I was like this is weird <laughs> but it's too late to change so uh you know when a speaker gets up here they really just bring what they have right so when Adam talks I know he likes to make a lot of sports references which I usually get uh and he also talks a lot about the theology of steak that's a thing. And I do like sports and I love eating steak, so I can track with him, right? Um, but for me, <laughs> I like to read a lot and I like to travel a lot. And so I like to read books about travel. Thank you. Uh, so here's, here's an example of what I'm saying, how you can know how to get a destination, but you can also totally miss uh, the nuts and bolts of how to get there. Are you ready? Uh, I've been reading this book. Actually, full disclosure, I've been listening to it. There is a difference, but it's still reading, just, just so you know. <laughs> so I have been uh, listening to a book, and it's about this Antarctic expedition back in like the late 1890s. Again, just, just bear with me. Um, the leader of this expedition was a guy named Adrian Dejerlache, which sounds very fancy. Every time the narrator says it, I'm like, ooh, Dejerlache. Uh, he knew how to read maps. He knew how to do, like, nautical stuff. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay, like, the charts and the skies, and he knew how to navigate uh, the waters, right? But he literally had never led anything, let alone an expedition to Antarctica, which is, like, the harshest place on Earth. And how many of you realize that if you're reading a book about an Antarctic expedition that happened in the 1890s, things did not go well, okay? <laughs> uh, he didn't pick out the right food. He was a terrible leader. He refused to discipline. The crew was on the verge of mutiny literally all the time. Uh, and I'm halfway through the book, and I don't understand how they've only lost one person <laughs> yet because it just seems insane to me. Uh, and this isn't just a problem that comes with leadership either, okay? Some of you may be thinking, oh, I've got a boss like that. Okay, but listen, how many of you have tried to ever replicate something that you've seen on Pinterest? <laughs> okay, there are whole shows about how bad these products come, right? Nailed it. Uh, I can see a cake, and I can think, I can do that. And I can even receive the instructions, right? The recipe on how to do it. But then when I set my hand to do the work and I get the end result, I think, well, this was a waste <laughs> of everybody's time, energy, and resources because this did not turn out the way that it should. Uh, Thomas and Philip in this passage are just like us. Thomas says, well, how would we know the way, Jesus? 
unless you tell us, right? He's looking for direction. If Google Maps existed back then, they would type in uh, Jerusalem to Jesus's father's house, search, and then it would come up and say, we cannot find directions for this place. They were looking for navigation. Uh, they wanted Jesus to tell them how to get to the place, and then they'd like figure out, right, how to do it. Uh, kind of like a shady Pinterest idea, right? <laughs> or uh, an Antarctic expedition led by somebody who knows how to read a map but has never led people into a harsh place. Here is the thing. Knowing the destination is a byproduct of knowing the Father, first and foremost. Uh, it is God's heart that we know him. Going to heaven when we die is part of the equation, and it's important. But why would Jesus say that he is truth unless we needed to know that for our time here on earth, where truth is often something that people just create for themselves, right, or is relative? Uh, why would he say that he is the life unless it's the life we're living now that he cared to come live with us. Jesus is both the way to the Father in heaven, destination, and the way that we can conform to while on earth. Jesus is both the truth, that there is a future hope, and the truth that that future hope can be lived into now. Jesus is both life in the future and life now. Uh, we like to talk a lot about here about the kingdom of heaven. We did a whole series about it uh, at, the at the beginning of the year. And the kingdom of heaven operates differently than things do here on earth. Uh, here's another great example of that because even the way that Jesus was saying goodbye in this passage is upside down. Uh, it's not even actually an ending. There's a amount of separation involved, for sure, but if anything, this goodbye means the start of something completely brand new. We read it in Isaiah this morning. We read it again in the book of Revelation. Uh, the one sitting on the throne says, hey, write this down. I am starting a new thing. Uh, and here's the new thing. In John 14, 7, he says, if you had really known me, you'd know the Father. Here's the new part. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. We see this again later in the book of John. When Jesus comes back to life, Mary is in the garden. She thinks that he's what? A gardener. Uh, when she finally realizes who he is, she starts clinging to him, right, and hugging him. And he's like, you don't uh, quite have to hold on so tight. Uh, I will be ascending to my father and your father, but right now I have something for you to do. Do you see how way, truth, and life is echoed through that as well? I will be ascending to my father and your father, but right now there is a way that I want you to go out and spread the good news now. Uh, I think a lot about how all through the Bible, the heart of the Lord is to do a new thing. Again, we read it this morning in Isaiah. Um, so things like streams in dry places, 
trails in overgrown backcountry wilderness. Uh, these are things that shouldn't be. They challenge our sense of truth. Uh, we're taught that deserts are dry, right? Wilderness is not navigable, which is what makes it wild. Um, but Jesus is our truth, not the laws of nature. And then along with those things, life comes along with it. Uh, if there are streams and dry places, then eventually there is flora and fauna. Uh, if there's trails in the wilderness, eventually people will come explore them. Go visit a national park. You'll know the people I'm talking about. They've got their permits, and they're tied onto their backpack, and they're ready to go. That's not me, by the way. But that's life. You know, Paul says in the book of Acts, it's in Jesus we live and move and have our being. Jesus defines our life, not the laws of this earth. That's really good news. I've really been clinging to that this week. Like in him we live and move and have our very being. Uh Band, you can come back up. I'm going to keep talking, but I like to make sure that things keep running smoothly. Don't knock my computer down. I'll hold on to it. I survived one, but I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, really, like, how blessed are we to know that we're not bound by the limits and the laws or rules of earth because Jesus is our way now. Uh, and what's the way? Well, it's when... Sick people don't stay sick. It's when blind people don't stay blind. It's when the poor and the disenfranchised are actually seen, right? Not hidden in the margins. Um, it's when we start caring more about each other than about ourselves. Uh, a more modern uh, buzzword way of saying this is we start caring about each other and not our own rights. We trust the Lord uh, with protecting us, right? Um, it's trusting and believing that Jesus is who holds our very lives. Uh, he is before all things and in him. All things are held together. Uh, that's in Colossians. For the future, but also right now. Also for now. All right, I think I'm done. I was going to keep going. I think I'm done. Uh, Jesus, we really love you. And thank you so much for providing way, providing truth, providing life for the future, but also inviting us into living it now. Uh, Jesus, would you give us eyes to see that direction? Would you give us um, ears to hear like where you're at and feet that are ready and able to follow you? Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.